Thank you for tuning in to our podcast, Salt and Light, where we'll cover foundational principles for being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Enjoy this episode with ears to hear and hearts that listen. So let's go check the facts with your host, also known as my dad, Casey Harrison. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Salt and Light Ministries, Building Relational Disciples. This is the 513 Project, where we boldly illuminate genetically altered Christianity and replace it with a firm foundation for a relationship with Jesus Christ, empowering disciples to disciple. Now this season, we're diving into the scriptures to let God speak to us, and then we're going to pray and speak back to Him. We're going to have that conversation. We're getting back to the basics. Last week, we read Matthew chapter 1, verse 1 which told us that coming up in this chapter is going to be the origin story of Jesus Christ. And we found out how important it is to really know the origin story of the person that we're trying to get into a relationship with. This week, our scripture is going to be Matthew chapter 1, verse 2. Like I said, we're going to go through this methodically and let God talk to us. So let's look at this scripture. Abraham begot Isaac, Isaac begot Jacob, and Jacob begot Judah and his brothers. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I kind of struggled with this verse this week, and I really had to pray and ask God, what is it that you're trying to say? I know that all Scripture is here for reproof, correction, and is to empower me to be able to live the life of relationship with Jesus. And as I prayed, the Lord spoke to me pretty profoundly. Now, I'm not saying I heard an audible voice. That's typically not how God speaks to me. It's just that sense inside of what God is saying. And then my spirit just confirms it, and the excitement and joy of the Lord come all over me. So, hey, that's what God said. So let's see what God's saying to us today in the scripture. Because this is the beginning of the origin story of Jesus. Like we learned last week, the origin story helps us explain where Jesus came from. And what was involved in his earthly creation. It also shows how awesome God is. So my first observation of this scripture when I read it is that there's four names. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Judah. Well, in order to really understand what God's trying to say through this scripture, we need to understand a little bit about these four people. Abraham, not his original name. His original name was Abram. And God gave Abram a command back in Genesis 12, 1, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I'm going to show you. Then God followed that command with a promise. The big picture which in his words, God says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So that's the big picture. All families of the earth are going to be blessed through Abram's bloodline. But then God takes the promise another step further and says, hey, this is how I'm going to accomplish this. Abram, I'm going to give you a child. I'm going to give you an heir to inherit this blessing. You find that in Genesis 15. And in Genesis 16, Abram's wife, Sarai, chooses to take matters into her own hands. And he brought her servant, Hagar, and says, Hey, if I'm going to have a child, it's going to be through her. It's not going to be something that comes out of me. And you see that in the scripture here. So Sarai said to Abraham, See now that the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go into my handmaid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. So you see, Sarah's faith isn't quite there that God's going to give her a child. And what does Abram do? Like any good husband, he adheres to the word of his wife. Happy wife, happy life. 
basically, Abram did what Sarai asked, and they had a son. They had a son named Ishmael. Now, he's not mentioned back here in the scripture, but Ishmael is the firstborn of Abram, not the firstborn of Sarai. Ishmael is not the son of promise that God spoke about to Abram. In Genesis 17, God changes the name of Abram to Abraham, marking the covenant and the promise taking effect. Basically, God changed Abram's name to mean a father of a multitude, the father of many, because Abram had found favor with God because Abram was walking in the purpose that God asked him to walk in. After God changed his name, that's when the son of promise came in Genesis 21. At an age that no one was having kids back in Abraham's day, it was, it was unheard of. God was proving his power by giving Abraham and Sarah a kid at an unheard of age. So that's the background of Abraham. God told Abraham to make a move and gave him a promise of being the father of many nations. Abraham started walking in that purpose, and God continued to give him another promise to fulfill the first. And he kept blessing Abraham so that the first promise would come to fruition as long as Abraham continued to do as God instructed him to do, as long as Abraham was submitted to sovereignty. See, when you start walking in your promise, you find your purpose. In the same way that God changed Abram's name to Abraham, God's also changed your name to child of God. You see, before you came to know Christ, you were an enemy of God according to the scriptures. He didn't even call you a creation. He called you his enemy. But he changed your name when you accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life. You're blessed because of the promise that God made to Abraham. And we'll get into more of that here in a few minutes. Well, let's talk about Isaac, the second name mentioned here in the Bible. Isaac is the son of the promise God made. Throughout the course of Isaac's life, God used Isaac to confirm the faith of Abraham. You see that in Genesis 22. God told Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. God told Abraham, sacrifice the promise I, I made to you. Give it back to me. And Abraham agreed to do so. I don't know if my daddy would have done that. But at the same time that God was using Isaac to confirm Abraham's faith, Isaac's faith was being tested as well. Look at Genesis 22, 7-10. But Isaac spoke to Abraham his father and said, Father. And Abraham said, Here I am, son. Then Isaac said, Look, there's fire and there's wood. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came up to the place in which God had told him, and Abraham built an altar in that place with the wood in order. And he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Now Isaac was old enough to have seen many sacrifices before this. So Isaac knew what was going on. He wasn't ignorant. You see that in verse 7 when he asked the question, where's the lamb? And Abraham had enough faith that God would provide a way of escape for his son, Isaac. And Isaac had enough faith in his father, ultimately putting his faith in God, that there would be a way of escape for him. And how do I know that? Because Isaac didn't fight Abraham when he was bound and laid on the altar. 
Isaac didn't question it. He didn't cry. He didn't complain. He did what his father told him to do, and he had faith in his daddy. My daddy would have had a fight on his hands. I don't think I would have just let him bound me up and lay me on an altar without a fight. But that's the kind of faith that the son of promise had for his father. Isaac was a foreshadow of Jesus Christ because Jesus had the faith in his father that he would be raised from the dead, defeating death, hell, and the grave. When you walk in your promise, you find your purpose. Build the faith that you need today for what's going to happen tomorrow. And the end of that story of Isaac, Abraham lays him on the altar. And just before Abraham goes to sacrifice his son, the angel of the Lord says, Wait, stop. There's a ram over in the thorns. Go get him out. Don't kill your son. God did make that way of escape because of the faith that was built up between Isaac and Abraham and Abraham and God. And later on in Isaac's life, he has Jacob, which is the third name we see here in this origin story of Jesus. Rebekah, the wife of Isaac, had two sons, Esau and Jacob. Jacob was the youngest son. Why is that important? Why didn't Esau get in the origin story? He was the oldest because God told Rebekah, Jacob's wife, that there were two kids in her stomach, and the youngest was going to serve the greater. You can see that in Genesis 25, 23. One people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. Why is that important? It's just another way of God proving His word, and the last will be first, and the first will be last. See, in the story of Jacob, since he's the youngest, he doesn't get the birthright of the promise. But when it's about time for Isaac to pass away, but when it's time when it's about time for Isaac to pass away, Isaac tells Esau, "Go hunting, make me something to eat, come back and I'll give you your blessing, your inheritance." And while Esau's out, Rebekah gets with Jacob and dresses him up like his brother cuz Isaac's eyes aren't what they once were. Basically, Isaac couldn't really see at this time. And Jacob goes in and pretends to be his older brother, tricking Isaac and Isaac ultimately giving Jacob the blessing. And once the blessing was given back in that day, it couldn't be taken away. That's an important point. Once God makes you a promise, it can't be taken away. You can give it up, but it can't be taken from anybody. So Isaac blesses Jacob and Jacob becomes a younger brother that becomes in charge of his older brother, confirming Genesis 25:23. A lot more happens in Jacob's life that we're not going to go into today. I strongly suggest you go back and read it. It's incredible what happens in Jacob's life and then how the reunion happens between Jacob and Esau. But within Jacob's life, he ends up having 12 sons. That's where you see Judah and his brothers. Again, Judah's not the oldest brother. But they all have a role to play in God's promise to Abraham for the many nations. But only Judah had the role to play in the origin story of Jesus Christ. You see, the name Judah literally means to praise. And how did Judah get in the origin story of Jesus? After Jacob had passed away, Judah had to defeat all of his brothers to become the head over his brothers. Again, confirming Genesis 25, 23. And the older shall serve the younger. All 12 tribes of Israel are important. But only Judah's tribe is in the origin story of Jesus Christ to this bloodline. So how does this scripture, Matthew 1-2, apply to us? There's four points I want you to see here. There's purpose, 
product, production, and praise. When you start walking in the purpose God gave you to walk in, you get the promise. And what is that promise? Well, you can see that promise when you go back to Deuteronomy 30, 19. In Deuteronomy 30, 19, God says, I call heaven and earth as a witness today against you that I set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Through the origin story of Jesus Christ, Jesus came to this earth, died on a cross for your sins, defeating death, hell, and the grave, fulfilling this promise in Deuteronomy 30, 19, giving you the option for life or death. Accepting Jesus means life. Denying Jesus means death. Eternally. You're blessed when you accept Jesus. You're cursed when you don't. But here in Deuteronomy 30, 19, God also tells you what to choose. What's best for you, just like any good father would. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey His voice, and that you may cling to Him. For He is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. See, when you accept Jesus, you start walking in your purpose for a relationship with Him. You receive this promise of life everlasting. You receive the promise of blessings through the work and the person of Jesus Christ. All because of a promise God made Abraham. Walk in your purpose, then you get the product of the promise. And you can see the product of that promise in Jeremiah 29.11. Casey, what do you mean? Let's read it. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. If you read it in the ESV, that same scripture is translated, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. And the word peace in the New King James the word welfare in the ESV, if you go back and look at that in the Hebrew, it actually means to prosper. So I have plans to prosper you. Now, a lot of people are going to start saying, oh, he's going into that prosperity doctrine. And in a way, I'm going to say yes. But only depending on what your definition of prosperity is. You see, that's a very important topic here. Because prosperity isn't all about money. But in our culture today, prosperity has taken on the connotation of money. Oh, you mean God's going to give me money? No, I don't mean God's going to give you money. God said he's going to prosper your soul through the relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the product, getting that firm relationship with Jesus. So after that, you can prosper in health. You can prosper in everything God needs you to have to fulfill the work and the purpose each of us has here on this earth. That's prosperity. And you see that back in 3 John verse 2. I pray that you prosper in all things and be in good health just as your soul prospers. Just as your soul has peace, you find peace in your life. And that plays into the production of the promise. I pray that you prosper in all things just as your soul prospers. I pray that you prosper in good health just as your soul prospers. If you pay attention to it, it's just Deuteronomy 30, 19 said a different way. I set before you life and death. To prosper means you're going to have life. You're going to have blessings. And the life and the blessings that you're going to get 
is going to be what you need to prosper God's Word for other people and to help other people gain that relationship with Jesus Christ. It ain't about the money. It's all about the man. Let's recap. Matthew 1-2. Abraham begot Isaac. Isaac begot Jacob. Jacob begot Judah and his brothers. Abraham started walking in the purpose of his promise, which produced the product of the promise, which brought out the production, the action of the promise through Jacob, which gives us the opportunity to praise in the promise through Judah. And we get to praise in that promise with all of our crew around us because we're all brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. So we praise with our brothers, and we praise with our sisters, and we glorify the Lord in the promise that He made to us. Now, salvation is just the first promise God gave us. That's the corporate promise. God also gave each and every one of us an individual promise and purpose for our lives, because we're all a part of the body of Christ. Some a finger, some an eye, some an ear, some a mouth. We all have a purpose, and when we start walking in that purpose, we receive the promise of the blessings of God to fulfill that purpose. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Judah were just the first steps in the production of your salvation. I want to thank you for tuning in today to this episode of Salt and Light Ministries. This is how we build relationship with Jesus Christ, going back to the basics and letting the Holy Spirit speak to us and then figuring out how to apply that to our lives. So before you turn off this podcast and before you go about your day, I want to pray with you. And let's seal the word that God gave us today. Father, I thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to speak with everybody that's listening to this podcast right now, that's hearing your words and your might come through your scripture. Lord, this is just everything that you've said in your word that they're hearing right now. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And without faith, we can't trust. And without trust, we can't have a true relationship with you. I thank you for the promise that you gave to Abraham that I get to walk in today. I thank you for that obedience that these people showed in the origin story of Jesus. And I thank you for giving me the strength to have the obedience to walk out your purpose for my life today. And I ask that you bless and grace every person listening with extra strength and extra anointing to walk out the purpose that you have for their lives today as well. Building them up into that strong relationship with you. We can't do it without you, Father. So Holy Spirit, speak to the hearts of every person listening here today. Open their ears so they hear. Open their eyes so they can see the glory and the majesty of the person of who you are, our Father, and a Father like none other here on earth. Some people might have daddy issues. That's because they don't have a full understanding of the daddy that you are. So I'm coming before you as a child, while at the same time being bold and asking, Lord, give us that strength. Continue to pursue the relationship with us as we pursue the relationship with you. Prosper our souls and continue to meet our needs so we can prosper your gospel. We thank you and we love you, Lord. I thank you and I love you. And all this is through your Son, Jesus Christ, we ask these things. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Again, thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light Ministries. This is the 513 Project, and this is an opportunity that you have to share this message with all of your friends. Put it out there on social media. There's enough crap out there on social media. We need more of God's Word out there. And I'm only one guy. So this ministry needs you. Partner with us, share, leave a comment, like it on Facebook or whatever it is you're listening to it on. And let's go reach this world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you want to partner with this ministry in other ways, just click on the link in the description. There's also merchandise now to where you can actually walk out your witness. And all the proceeds go back into the ministry to support others in getting the message out. And if prayer is the only thing you can give right now, prayer is definitely needed. So pray for strength in this ministry because the devil does like to blow back against God's word. And we can definitely use all the prayer that you have and you're willing to give. If you are interested in the merchandise, you can click the link below and check out some of the merchandise there. But until next week, be bold, be strong, and be blessed.